The cancer journey is unique for everyone. It's time to figure out our new normal, and there's no one-size-fits-all manual. Welcome to Unspoken Cancer Truths with Jen Cochran, because surviving is just the beginning. Welcome to Episode 78 of Unspoken Cancer Truths. I'm your host, Jen Cochran. Gratitude is something as cancer survivors in treatment or survivorship, we practice this all year round. Kind of like health awareness and going to your screenings. You're doing those, right? I've got to be honest, October was really rough for me. I have too many awesome people in my life who are facing challenging health situations at the moment. And in October, breast cancer is everywhere. Add to that the impacts of COVID and let's face it, We're not going to know the true long-term impacts of COVID on our mental and emotional and social well-being for still probably some time to come. And I know the significant decrease in my ability to be with other humans socially has really taken a toll. And I have a wonderful husband that not only do I love, but I like him as well. And we've navigated COVID really well. He's the introverted yang to my extroverted yang, so to speak. And I need to connect with people. Earlier in October, I was anxious. Thank you, cancer treatments, for that fun side effect to manage. And if I'm being really honest, I was a little depressed. And I share this because if you feel this way, I want you to know you, my friend, are not alone. Anxiety and depression are unhappy side effects that we end up dealing with for the long term, and it's really challenging. This brings me to my gratitude topic for the week, casting for recovery retreats. So it was about this time last year I interviewed Wendy Golick, and you can check out our chat in episode 44. Wendy's a breast cancer survivor and a regional program manager for casting for recovery. And when we talked, Wendy talked about her experience as a participant at one of their retreats. She had been an employee for Casting for Recovery in Vermont for a couple of years before the interim executive director encouraged her to apply to attend a retreat herself. And one of the things she had commented on was the fact that more than, at the time, I think it was more than 80% of their participants had never been to a support group. I think the number is a little bit lower now, but I do think that even those of us who check the box really didn't go to support groups for an extended period of time. We kind of went, felt like it wasn't the right room for us, and we never went back. So I think that that number probably is still pretty high, but 80% had not participated in support groups. She felt much as I did at the time. She was years out from her diagnosis and treatment, and that was for people who were closer to their treatment and recovery. The old, someone else needs it more than me. I can relate. Maybe you can too. At the time, she encouraged me and all the breast cancer survivors in the U.S. listening to get in it to win it. And since it was during COVID, there had been no retreats in 2020. They were really looking forward to returning in 2021. So let me tell you, you definitely want to get in it to win it. It could not be easier. I'll put a link on the episode to Casting for Recoveries, but you can also Google them. Basically, you click on retreats, find the retreat closest to you. If you select your state, it'll come up. 
And then if I'm recalling correctly, it asks you for your name, your address, your email, and to confirm that you're a breast cancer survivor. And then it asks your metastatic status. And you submit. Easy peasy. Seriously, that's all there is to it. Then within 10 days of the application window closing, Casting for Recovery places the metastatic participants and then randomly selects from the pool of names for the remaining spots. There are a total of 14 participants for each event. Then they select an additional 18 alternates. So when you get the initial email telling you if you're a participant or an alternate, you'll also fill out a lengthy participant info form. Currently, they're having you submit your vaccination status because vaccination is a requirement of the event for the foreseeable future. And that is for staff and participants. And then you give your doctor the medical form to sign confirming you're actually able to physically participate. So after my talk with Wendy, I put my name on the list for a Mid-Atlantic event, and I couldn't believe when I got the email that I was an alternate. So when I got my paperwork together and submitted, I learned that five alternates had already been placed and that I was third on the list. So learn from me, get those forms in ASAP. I replied to the local organizer that if it was meant to be, it would be, and the people who needed it would be there. And I was not wrong. I got a call the end of September that I was in if I was still available. I jumped right in. I then did something I don't normally do. I told my husband I needed that weekend. We'd been talking about going to visit his mom, and it was around that time. Not for any reason in particular, other than we hadn't seen her in too long. I asked if we could look at alternate weeks for our travel so I could go to this weekend. I knew I was struggling, and from what Wendy had shared about her experience, I knew it was really what I needed. Then, a week or so later, I got a call asking if I was still willing to give another participant from my area a ride. She was also an alternate who secured her spot after me. She learned about the program from one of our local nurse navigators, so that's very exciting, and we really need to keep spreading the word about this amazing program. We set out on a Friday afternoon in October along the byways of Virginia into Western Maryland. It was an adventure. At one point, we went around three roundabouts or rotaries or whatever you want to call those circles that direct you to different roads. We had to go through three in a row. You could actually see the third one from the first one. It was very strange. It was the most ridiculous thing until we got to the small stream crossing the road and it hadn't even rained. Don't worry, we could still see the road, so while driving my Mini Cooper through a stream and a road was a little weird, we were safe. We were chatting and laughing and having a great time before we even got there. That's the thing about cancer. There's a lot that sucks. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot that is cool about it as well. The way two strangers bonded by shared medical experiences and a crazy road trip through the back roads of Virginia and Maryland to start on the way to becoming friends. We got to our destination, put on our masks, had our temperatures taken, and got settled in. Each participant has their own room. So then we checked in, got our info packs, and all our fishing gear. Big shout out to Orvis and all the sponsors that provide gear and equipment for the weekend. It really was top-notch. 
Finally, I checked in with medical and there are always nurses on staff to help out if people need them. Our nurses had a background in oncology, so that really provides a great resource for participants as well. It seems when we get together, there can be endless questions that we just didn't want to ask anyone or that our doctors are maybe not that clear about the answers to. When I checked in, the nurse asked if anyone had talked to me about the benefits of wearing a gauntlet or a glove for my lymphedema, which was great. We need more people with lymphedema knowledge to be asking survivors these types of questions. I also liked that my what to bring list listed a lymphedema sleeve. If you had one that had been properly fitted by a certified practitioner. Too often I see people saying things like, I'm getting on an airplane and I saw something about compression. Can I just cut the foot off a sock? I seriously saw that on social media one day. It was an honest question someone's asking. And no, no, you cannot. That is clearly a topic that we need to discuss for another day. Or you can check out episodes 41, 42, and 74 for some lymphedema info that might be helpful if this is a question that you find you might be having. But I digress. I thanked her for asking and told her I was a lymphedema therapist. And she was quite happy to hear that. They had never had a lymphedema therapist at one of the events that she had been a volunteer for. Later that evening, we gathered as a group with all the staff members, and I was thrilled to turn around and see a former guest of the show and fellow 2019 runway model, Kate Zickel, behind me. Getting to see her, hug her, and spend some fun retreat time away with this girl was definitely a highlight of my weekend. So there were 12 participants in our group, and to say we were a diverse group of women would be beyond accurate. I think the ages range from late 30s to early 80s, from early stage diagnosis to Mets. There was a full complement of race and ethnicity represented as well. Yet none of that really mattered because we all had the commonality of navigating breast cancer and a pandemic, and for some people, both at the same time. Now, casting for recovery is a bit like Vegas. What happens there stays there. But I will say this. We learned about the different fish we might see in the river and what they eat. We learned how to string our fly fishing poles and practice casting in the field without hooks, of course. I learned what an art it is to make flies. As I watched one of the volunteers demonstrating how fly creating is done, and that was pretty cool. We did a number of things that took me back to memories of going to camp as a kid, which I think were good for all of our souls. I was asked on Saturday morning if I would talk for 10 minutes about lymphedema, and of course I agreed. You know this is one of my passion topics, and since I've been researching it for my master's degree, I could also speak a bit off the cuff on the research. I opened up the lymphedema topic by asking what questions people had, and the hands went up. After about 30 minutes, I told the nurses to give me the hook at any time. They just had us keep going. I was happy to see that nearly half the 30 people or so in the room had been referred for lymphedema screening. A number of the medical folks in the room, including myself, thought that was pleasantly high. Even with that said, it's always disheartening to see the lack of education that providers are actually giving to patients, especially those with diagnoses. 
education is our best defense to keep our lymphedema in check and prevent it from becoming a more serious, disabling condition. That 10-minute talk turned into over an hour. And throughout the rest of the weekend, people kept coming up with new questions. So often we realize the differences in our care and education around that care. And we're grateful for yet another community of people to reach to when something just doesn't make sense. And there are no answers at the doctor's office. For dealing with things like anxiety, fear of recurrence, cognitive challenges that we just are having trouble wrapping our arms around, and physical issues resulting from surgeries. You name it, we end up with questions. On Sunday, we checked out of the retreat center and we traveled to a local river location where we geared up in our gear from the sponsors and we met our individual guides for the day. That is a super cool part of this experience. On Sunday, every participant is paired with an experienced river guide. Mine was amazing. At some point early on, he got down on the ground to unhook my hook from some shore mesh. You know, that stuff that's holding everything in to prevent erosion on the river, the side of the river. Well, I managed to hook it and I caught some amazingly large leaves that weekend as well. Sadly, we didn't end up getting any fish, but the place we were fishing was a catch and take area. We were fishing catch and release. But because it's a catch and and carry area, we figured it had been fished and there actually weren't a lot of fish to be found that day. But it was still a lot of fun. Again, I digress. Uh, My guide got down and he unhooked the hook. And as he was using his river stick as a tool to stand up, he said, don't get old. And I commented that he did a great job both getting down and getting up. Staying active was definitely serving him. And he commented that he was 80. That's right, 80. My husband and I have a bit of a history meeting active 80-year-olds out while doing active things. Many years ago, we were in Hawaii, and we were headed out to sea kayak for the day. And this cute couple came scampering up the steps of the tender that we were taking from the cruise ship we were on into the port. And... They had the same number sticker that we had, and we asked if they were going kayaking, and they said yes. And we learned that Ernie was celebrating his 80th birthday two days later while still on board our cruise. I also love to see active older folks. Honestly, staying active is what gets you to those years still kayaking and fishing. My river guide was a great teacher and really fun to chat with. As we were walking in for lunch, I was thinking how much I was learning, how I was already feeling like I was improving a bit and developing some real skills, and what a lovely conversation we'd been having in between. No sooner was I thinking this, and my buddy said, this has been a very enjoyable morning. You're coachable, and the conversation is easy. That's not always the case. And he thanked me. And I told him I was thinking the same thing. And then we had lunch and we headed back out for some more fishing. It also turned out that he lives not far from here. So if I want to continue learning more about this fly fishing thing, I can ring him up and we can go out and do more fishing. There are also groups for women in the Chesapeake Bay watershed area as well. And there were a lot of ladies from that organization that were also volunteers for our weekend. So I'm sure by this point you get the idea. It was an amazing experience. 
and it was really good for my mental and social well-being, both of which had been suffering in ways that I wasn't even fully aware. So my message to you is if you're a breast cancer survivor, get in it to win it. If you're selected as an alternate, fill your forms out right away. I think at least nine of our 12 participants were alternates this year, maybe even more. And if at first you're not selected, please submit for the next year. One participant shared that she'd been submitting for five years and finally got selected this year. I would say I got really lucky, but I think the universe had my back on this one. As soon as I learned I was an alternate, I really started to recognize the ways in which I was struggling. Connecting with these ladies was a bomb my soul really needed. So as Wendy told me, and I'm reminding you, go right now and get in it to win it. Or get on the list so you know when the 2022 retreats open up for applications. That concludes this week's episode. I would love to connect with you over in my Facebook group, Surviving is Just the Beginning, where you'll find a community of past guests and group members who know what this journey is like. Knowing there are others with similar experiences helps us know that we're not alone. There's a community of people with similar and diverse experiences just waiting to meet you. Because surviving really is just the beginning. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thank you.